This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right, all right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is In Liberty and Health, episode number 241. Really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, me and this gentleman have had some back and forths that were uh, pretty awesome because I know he's a big uh, music fan and musician himself, much like myself. And uh, we have a lot in common outside of that as well. So I think it's going to be a really, really cool conversation. Uh, make sure you go hit all the links below to fi- figure out what I got going on, see where you could follow my guest and all that good stuff. And um, without further ado, let's rock and roll, guys. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everybody. And today with me, I have Ben Weir. Nice to get you on finally, brother. I know yes, uh, I see the comments every here and there. So uh, I'm stoked we finally got to make this happen. How you doing, man? Yeah. Dude, I'm good, man. I'm I'm definitely uh, glad you brought me on. It's definitely like I feel like it's been overdue, man, because we're both musicians. We both love that side of things, but you're also like uh, based as fuck too. So I've been like looking forward to getting to have a conversation with you. So yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I noticed that you uh you put up a picture of your tool bench, and it was like perfectly neat. And I, I like that was not my tool bench, bro. Oh, it wasn't. No. Okay. All right. Well, now I feel He's, a little better. I was in somebody's house, uh-huh. and um, they had everything in its spot. And I'm a construction worker. That shit does not happen in real life. <laughs> right. I have like a tool bag where I can't find anything. My tool bench downstairs is like everything's anywhere. I have to dig through things to find a tool. Uh, this dude was an absolute psychopath. He like outlined every tool in Sharpie, and like oh, had a good. yeah, dude. It. I was like. If you have a contractor, he said he does handiwork. And I was like, if you have a contractor that does this with their tools, run. Like, that is not <laughs> probably a good handyman. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, I kind of like dusted it off. But like one of the guys who um, 
who's a manager at the um, last job I was at, I first started there back in Jesus Christ, 2016, which feels like it was just yesterday. <laughs> my, my buddy Billy here, I'm glad he's dropping in the chat. Typical male behavior. We have our tools ever. He's absolutely right. <laughs> but um, I, I remember I had like all my tools laid out real neat in my cart and I was like perfectly organized. He's like, oh, give it a few years of flat rate. Believe me, that shit will be everywhere. And I'm like, oh no, I'll be good with it. Yeah. Now I look at my toolbox. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's all fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck finding what you need. <laughs> yeah, so um, have you always done construction? You were in the military at one point. I know you like aren't big on talking about that, but like, you know, kind of what was your upbringing like? Um, well, my upbringing has been all over the place, dude. I've lived all over the country, like um, kind of raised in Hickville, Pennsylvania um, with like a very fundamental Baptist upbringing. Um, I was even a missionary for a couple of years. Uh, mm. And then I went into the army. And uh, I was in the army for like a year and a half before I got medically discharged in airborne school. I shattered both my knees. Um, and yeah, like after that, I kind of found my, my path, you know, um, and I worked construction now, like a little over, I think it was about 10 years, um, kind of doing pipelining. And now I'm like, I'm still in pipelining, but I've worked myself into a position where I don't have to like be a foreman and be in the trenches digging holes. Now I'm like a sales lead admin. So I'm selling the construction jobs, which is like way better. I'll go out and make proposals and then it's, it's office work, but I still get to go in the field. It's nice. It's a, it's a good balance. Um, and it's something that, uh, I mean, I'm getting older. I'm not old I'm 34, but like, you know, that should affect your body, especially when it's like, old and broken and you're a musician like me <laughs> so <laughs> well i mean you shatter your knees you, you know you kind of figured that yeah. out it's your knees aren't going to be as forgiving as they once were um no. it's kind of funny um the, the first thing that popped into mind i had a, a marine buddy when i was in the um when i was in college and uh he messed up his knee now he you know had to pin it off like it was in the military but he went to go see all that remains and i think he said that like somebody rolled <laughs> and it caught his leg and like fucked his knee up and he said ever since then he's had knee problems and i think that for oh. him at the time i want to say that was probably like seven or eight years ago and he was still suffering from an injury like that wow yeah i mean it's it was not fun it was basically like i shattered both my growth plates uh, i landed on like these rocks or whatever and uh yeah it wasn't the first knee problem i had i also like lost a partial scholarship to play football for college because of that. So like, I, I shattered, uh, I broke my leg in five places and I tore my ACL and MCL and PCL and I was in a wheelchair for several months. Oh <laughs> man. Well, it's good to see your stop rocking and rolling, you know, I'm good, man. <laughs> you jumped in on a uh, little tweet session that I had today because apparently it rubs everybody the wrong way. You can you can laugh at war criminals crying over their parents' coffin, but if you say fuck trophies, now you're out of bounds. That was what I learned today, which like uh, they're fucking jokes, dude. Come on, get the fuck over it. And yeah. the reason why I said that is because I'm, I'm sure you see this just as much as I do. And I used to be on the other side of this, but like the conservative guys will gladly post pictures of their kids. And it's like, your kids are not your brand prop. Your kids, yeah. your kids if they want to be your brand prop when they're adults, let them make that decision. But you shouldn't be making that decision for them. So that's why the saying goes, you know, fuck trophies for clout. You know, you post your, your kids to make everybody feel like, look how trad I am. Oh, yeah. We got the chat. <laughs> Hunk hour. Oh, shucks. Shucks. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. I mean, like this happens all the time. It's 
it's insane to me. Like I was raised in a family that would probably be considered trad. But like if you saw where everybody ended up today, you'd be like, how did we end? How did your family get so spread out and divided on all of your opinions? And it's like, <laughs> well, all this shit was very much so forced on me for a very long time. And all of my siblings and we're all in like way different spots of life. Um, you know what I mean? And uh, like, I don't know, like socializing your children works for some people. And I, I, I think that like, you know, I, I absolutely don't condone it. I wouldn't do that. I'd let my kids, you know, I, I'd like to say I'd, I'd let my kids kind of have more freedom than what most people uh, that have been arguing with me would say. But um, at the same time, like, you know, you can guide your kids in the right direction and not be a complete dictator or like, right. you know what I mean? And, um, you know, with like, and I talk shit about trad values like all the time, man. And it's, it's because like, I've been there and I've done that. And, right. uh, it, it's like one of those things was like, you shouldn't let society define your life like that. Like, and, and exactly. restrict don't let life certain... happen. Don't let life happen to you. Yes. Like in this, this is the case for everything. Like you should never let society uh, or religion dictate how you live your life or define your relationships, uh, like determine how you're going to grow up because it's never going to end up the way that you thought it was, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like uh, out of me and all my siblings who were all raised Christian. Like I still, I still call myself a Christian, but I'm definitely not like in the, the box of Christianity where like, you know, like I'm, I'm not like where I used to be. Right. Like I have my own faith. I like that's, that's completely beside, but like half of my siblings are atheists. You know what I mean? And, and, um, they're just everywhere. <laughs> you just can't, you can't like force that stuff on people. They have to like accept this themselves and learn to grow in them things themselves, you know? Um, and, it's the, it's that case for like literally everything. Like you can't force things on people. It's, this is like libertarianism, like principle and people still are trying to force their kids to believe certain things, even into adulthood as late teenagers. It's kind of weird. So, <laughs> yeah. And like, I've been kind of going back and forth with some of the religious people and like, I have nothing against religion, but it's just the idea that like, you can't expect everybody else to adopt your religion as well. Like I'm an agnostic yeah. person. I'll be the first one to admit, I don't know shit about religion yeah. and I don't know if there is a God. I don't know if there isn't. I have no way of proving either way, but like the people who live religious lives, I know plenty of people who, you know, are fully religious. They're great people. And then people who are religious that can't help but be sanctimonious fucking pricks. And then I yeah. know also atheists that are the same way too. Oh, David's dropping it. <laughs> David knows I like him. We were having a little bit of a rough and tumble today, but uh, he's a good dude. He really is. Uh, yeah. You, you I mean, David went at it too. He, he Hi, is David. a very, very good dude. He is a very, very good dude. David, I, I, you're just a little young, brother. Like you, you I've, I'm a cultured person. I was married for 10 years. I'm getting divorced. Like I know, I know about marriage, brother. And I, I just, I just know you have a long journey ahead of you and don't shit on libertarianism and, 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 and our real, like, I think, I think that I, I had a pretty principled comeback. I know you thought I was coming at you, bro, but I wasn't. So yeah, he, and you know what to, 
at least I, he's not the person that I think of when I think about sanctimonious preaching. I think of some other For people, sure. but he, he's yeah. not one of them. But you know, once no. again, you know, it's okay to have your own values, but just understand yeah. that like not every single person on the face of the planet is going to line up with you. Like I don't expect everybody to respect my views and agree with my views when it comes to relationship stuff. But like, okay, I know what works for me. I've had, you know, I dated non-monogamously for a period of time. Like I wasn't exclusive with anybody and now yeah. I've been married and with the same woman for the last five years. And I'm very, very happy in that regards. Not everybody's going to be able to live like the same life that I did. That's why I don't like, you know, say, oh, well, you should do this because this is going to work for you. I don't know. It's the same way with nutrition and shit too. Like I don't, mm. I don't know what the fuck diet's going to work for people. So I don't yeah. know like what, what way you like being road to, you know, the highway. Yeah. <laughs> like Food is the food is an individual thing too. Some diets work for people and others don't, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't want to even compare marriage to eating. Um, and I definitely thought it was pretty cringy that, uh, someone was advocating for, you know, getting a tax break to be married. Like that's like, that's like the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Uh, but like, yeah, like, okay. I'm also not going to judge somebody if they decide to go live that lifestyle. Like I'm a relationship anarchist. Not a lot of people even know what that means. It just means that you're not going to let religion or society dictate what your relationships look like. Like right. it can literally be what you and the other person decide it to be. It can be open, monogamous, polyamorous. Like who cares, man? Like it's between, it's an agreement between two people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they can go on and, you know, if, if two super religious people decide they want to get married, um, and you know, they're the same religion and it works for them, like go for it, go for it. But like, truthfully, there's like a, I have a lot of like reasons to not get married that have nothing to do with the state that are religious reasons why people probably shouldn't get married. So, um, I don't know. It's, this is controversial and not really many people would probably agree with me and that's fine. I just, uh, I have my own opinions because I've been there. I've done that. I have my own experiences. You know what I mean? So, yeah, well, you know, it's funny. He's like probably three years ago. What is that? Oh, you have to be trad, like trad high, you know, it's the trad way or no way at all. But you know, over time, like I said, I've just kind of like loosened on it. Like, you know, whatever people want to do, as long as, you know, both parties kind of enter into the agreement and say like, Hey, you know, let's say we want to have an open relationship. As long as everybody's kind of clear from the get go, then, okay you know what's really the yeah. harm but you know right. in, in my opinion i know i'm a very jealous person so i know that would not work for me and my wife would probably feel the same way so like okay well this works for us i don't project that onto other people and assume that they're gonna have, you know have the same boundaries and i think a lot of people right. just kind of need to realize like you know you're not going to be able to change everybody's mind on this kind of stuff so if you really want to be a leader you know just be very very happy in everything you do and make sure that you know your life is set up the best for you and then if people like it then they'll do the same thing if not then you know just enjoy you know we're not here to you know sh use our lives as shining examples for everybody else to follow right and i mean i'm not sure like where you and and your uh wife wife yeah you and your wife um lie like if you guys are both in the same like plain when it terms of religion but i do think that like that's important like if you're both agnostic or you're both jewish or you're both like a devout christian or whatever like having a like those type of religious values um for lack of a better term um i think like having the same plane there is important because like you can see people that are agnostic and christian or catholic and jewish that try to make things work and like it just doesn't like it just doesn't because like truthfully religion doesn't promote the idea of like an equal marriage um they really support the idea of like gender roles and like i don't that's very trad thing that's been socialized into us 
mm -hmm. um, for a hundred years, right? Um, through religion, but also just like in general, you know, you have like the the nuclear family, you know, the the American dream, the white picket fence, the kids, and the wife that's a home, like you know, she stays at home and cooks and cleans. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's something that uh, that you see through cinema history, right? Um, you know, but then like you can look at things like Buddhism, who like has no religious concept of marriage whatsoever. They understand it's a secular thing, you know? Um, and I've studied a ton of religion. I was like an economics major in college, but um, I've also like been down the road of like humanities. And I found where I am today when it comes to religion uh, because I was able to study a lot of things. You know, I might've been raised Christian and sure I, I came back to that, but I found my own way. I'm not like... I'm not restricted to like some kind of denomination um, that's, you know, I don't know. It's every, every religion is so different when it comes to these values too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, and the one thing that kind of annoys me about a lot of the trads right now is that like, they don't understand <laughs> when you have these influencers promoting marriage, what they fail to understand is like, you guys are high value guys. So therefore the women that are with you have a lot of incentive to stay with you because you're sharing their wealth with them for the average guy, like you or me, like I'm sure you and I both do pretty good, but like, you know, there's guys who make less than us or, you know, may not be as, I hate to say this, but like as attractive as us because they haven't like worked on themselves <laughs> yeah. or, you know, played music for years and years and years. So they're not really like in a lot of people's eyes. Like, I don't want to say that we're necessarily high value guys, you know, maybe in our own respects, we would all like to believe that. Forest mommy thinks we're hunks, dude. <laughs> well, well, that means a lot. So, you know, okay. Yeah. So not, not every guy's <laughs> going to be a hunk. So therefore when you have trads that are just going out there saying, Oh, everybody should go get married because it's the best thing to do. Okay. Well, what happens when, you know, you're that dude who makes 30, 40 grand a year. And then, you know, you, you go get married because you think that this is the right thing to do and yeah. the next thing you know you're getting raked over the coals because right. you you just thought oh well my influencer said this is the best thing to do like all right we're, we're not giving like she called us mid by the way she's just oh, kidding but... mid tier who did this yeah i that's brandy, brandy. yeah God damn it, brandy i am drinking your favorite beverages right now <laughs> i know you've tuned into our other me. show as well yeah what the hell brandy um, but yeah, like, honestly, like, I think the best way forward for people and like advice I would give in terms of like teaching your kids what marriages looks like if you have kids or just in general for society, like, you know, provide them with knowledge, but don't necessarily guide them in a specific direction with that, like, because, um, they might not grow up to be religious. I mean, you can try to, you know, influence them religiously or whatever in a non-forcing way, in a non like way that's not going to shove religion down their throat. But, um, you know, you can definitely like try to point them in the direction of like, yeah, like go get married. If someone makes you happy and that's what you want to do. I truly think that like marriage itself should be kept in a religious circle. I don't think that it should be just something society does. Um, you know, I think it's like... I don't know. I just don't think it's like uh, if you're un, if you're not religious, I don't think there's really any point in being married, uh, especially with the state. Like that's just bringing the state into marriage is just evil. But um, yeah, I mean, like it's just uh, keep it keep it within your religion. You know, Catholics can get married. Jews can get married. Christians, um, Muslims, Buddhists won't get married, but like everyone else can get married, <laughs> yeah. you know, so um yeah so 
Yeah, um, kind of to that as well. I, I was just bidding on something. What the hell was I going to say? Um, oh yeah, when it comes to raising kids, like I plan to be a um a father one day, but like you know, the idea shouldn't be that you have to you know constantly instill your values in your kids. That like this, mm -hmm. at least the way that I kind of envision this, like your kids should want to take after you because they admire you so much. Like because yeah. you gave them something to admire, it shouldn't be like I'm going to make you do this once again. We want to have people, and I think this goes for relationships too. When it comes to like, you know, a, a a woman wanting to be with you, you don't want a woman that's just kind of like, ah, you know, he's all right, but I'll settle for him. You want somebody that, like, hey, I actually enjoy being with this person. I enjoy spending time with this person. Um, yeah. And you want, I would think you'd want your kids to be the same way. Like, hey, I actually want my parents to be around because, like, I give a shit about them. They raise me well, and life is good because of them. But like, I feel like if you're just constantly telling your children what to do, how to think, and you know how to live their lives then i think they're they'll grow yeah. to resent you because of that and kids should kids should have the um serious upbringing like with their parents where their parents are teaching them that like marriage if that's the route you decide to go it's like a fucking serious thing like this is a religious right. thing and this is a spiritual thing so like yeah if you want to be married be married but understand that it comes with these other spiritual uh you know, things as well. Um, you know, like I said, general public probably shouldn't even be talking about marriage if they're not religious whatsoever. Um, but I'm also not going to like shit on people to get married. I've been there. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm a hypocrite because I was a relationship anarchist this <clears throat> entire time. But, right. um, you know, it's just it's just how it is, man. You know, like mm -hmm. you live and learn. I'm 34 now. I'm in better. I'm in, in, in a good headspace and I'm trying to live my best life. And uh I've come to this part in my life and, and in my path where, you know, I've, I'm pretty confident in what I'm saying. I, I right. I'm speaking from experience. So yeah. hopefully somebody will take that advice someday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so Benzo Barbie says that the, uh, the high noon sounds homosexual. I've actually never had one. Can you describe a high noon to me? I mean, like it's like a better tasting white claw. It is pretty gay. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. So I'm totally on board with it. <laughs> Dude. Okay. I, like I said, I've been living my best life, right? Like, so mm -hmm. the last like month or so, I've been going to concerts like two, three times a week, like mm -hmm. just out all the time, just having a great fucking time. Yeah. Dude, I down in my last bottle of whiskey and this is all I've got left. So bear with me while I get through the high noons a little bit. You know, I don't have uh, scotch or whiskey or any bourbon. That's that's my go-to. All like, right. Not, okay. So, so what are... What are some of your go-tos on, on uh, those that you just mentioned? <laughs> um, Glenfiddich, 15-year is okay. pretty good. Yes. Um, I do, like, in terms of, like, just, like, cheap shit, I get, like, you know, Famous Grouse is pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, I love fucking Wild Turkey, bro. I mean, mm -hmm. I love Wild Turkey. I got some my fridge right now. Honey Wild Turkey is great, too. Mm -hmm. That's that is some good shit. And then there's like one uh there's this one whiskey that you can only get pretty much in Colorado and Wyoming. And uh it's like a cinnamon clove whiskey and it's perfect. Like I'm a hunter, so like in the fall and winter time, I'll like have some in my flask and I'll take it with me. Right. Um it's like Christmas in a bottle, dude. Like I can't even explain to you. Uh, like I could drink the entire bottle in one sitting. It's that good. And it's obviously not good for me. Like I would, I could probably die. 
but <laughs> but it's really fucking good whiskey. So it's yeah. just Ledoux. Uh, he used to be like a country singer, I guess. I don't know shit about country music, but like uh, he makes some bomb whiskey, man. <laughs> so uh, let's see. You aren't a Roman unless you drink whiskey. The Bible probably. Uh, Benzo said that's Genesis, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am a little so, bit of a crown yeah. guy, like crown, Jameson. Maybe I'm lame for that. Uh, I was just drinking Wiggle Peach, uh, Wiggle Whiskey, which is a brewery out of Pittsburgh here. Um, I love their stuff. And then my wife and I were just down in uh, Ocean City, Maryland a couple weeks ago. And uh, the Secrets Distillery has some uh, pretty good whiskey as well. Seekers Distillery? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, cool. Otto keeps inviting me down for their crab royals uh, from Punk Rock Libertarians. I want to go to yeah. one of those someday. <laughs> oh, dude, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, I don't know if you know who Tommy Sammons is, but he's like a big, uh, he's mm. more of like a stoner metal kind of fan. He runs the uh, Year okay. Zero podcast. And uh, he sent me pictures of, like some of the crab bowls that they do down there in Texas. And like, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to go to Childerberg and just hang out with everybody. Cause I'm like, man, this is like where all my friends go. <laughs> and like, I, I have not got to go and do it. I, i'll go to childerberg with you next year dude all right yeah dude sounds like a deal i totally... force mommy's invited you're all invited let's make this <laughs> well, a party yeah we'll have a big old party and uh yeah. my thing is um we host the rock for life events here in uh, pennsylvania and mm. uh like my thing is to just chase everybody down with a flask of crown or a, a bottle full of crown it's like hey man i <laughs> used this last year come on let's do a drink yeah, yeah i'm sure That's you know great. all about that stuff so um what were um i guess kind of pivoting over to music that makes a good pivot um sure what were uh kind of like some of the bands that you listened to growing up that kind of got you to where you're at now i mean music kind of like guided my political opinions uh mm -hmm. when i was a teenager i started really early listening to mxpx which to this day is like my favorite band um just because I I've loved them for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, but I listened to like minor threats, um, you know, like the descendants, no effects, some 41, um, getting into my high school years, obviously like all these punk bands, like, you know, some 41 or, um, you know, like ba bands like that, you know, MXPX, uh, I loved showbread and Emery kind of more on the emo side of things. Um, thrice, um, I like metal too. I love hardcore. I love the band like terror is like a great fucking band. Yeah. Um, I've actually just saw trivium not too long ago with bear Tooth. Seen them nine times. <laughs> They're great. Um, yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, day to remember, um, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, like all these bands are, are great. You know, I'd say like influence wise is definitely more on like the anti-flag type stuff. Um, stuff that just like, absolutely hates the politicians and it turns out like eventually like they actually don't really they just hate one side of the politicians they they don't they don't hate all of them um <laughs> but uh you know it's that's that's kind of where i started out and then i learned to play started playing bass when i was 11 um and moved into guitar in high school and um you know i wrote songs all through that time um and then once i got out of the army i kind of just was like I'm going to start a band. So, um, started a project in based out of Denver, Colorado. And, uh, it was fun. We got to play a lot of really cool shows and festivals. We played at Vans Warped Tour in 2015. Um, I played festivals with a day to remember and corn and stone sour. Um, you know, uh, a day to remember like all kinds of bands like that. And it, it was a great time. 
this is my social peak for sure. I'm trying to get that back if I can. But, uh, uh, you know, that lasted about eight years or so. Um, I mean, 2020 was the last show that I played uh, with my full band, which was in Denver at the Marquee Theater. Um, it was sold out, um, which was fun. It was like 550 people packed. And um, and then, like, obviously the pandemic happened or whatever. And all the venues basically shut down. They started having all kinds of crazy policies. Um, and uh, our practice space wasn't letting people practice there anymore. I was living in another state at that time. I was flying back to Denver twice a month to rehearse and practice and get ready for yeah. shows, record all that stuff. Um, which it was kind of a pain in the ass, obviously, but it was, yeah. I loved to do it. So I, I made it work. And then, you know, while all that shutdown happened, one of my guitarists ended up moving to Florida and, um, getting like five dudes from three different States together just as like, mm -hmm functionally impossible <laughs> you know and so i'm not gonna roll out the possibility we never even like said our band is done but like it just yeah. it just was you know so I, yeah i, I kind of know what you're getting at yeah and, and with those bigger shows now you could correct me because you played bigger shows than me the biggest show i ever played was uh the opener for steel panther that we did oh and dude July. i love them they yeah. were on the, one of the festivals I played. Oh, I no shit. I got pictures with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool as fuck. Yeah. We yeah. got to meet them, but like most of the other bands, like we opened for Stephen Piercy, Firehouse, like some other 80s bands. Lita Ford, we um, opened for her twice. You don't really get to meet them, unfortunately. Still Panther, we got to hang out with, but like that was such a weird show. It was uh, <laughs> September of 2020. And like people, the venue had it so like you could stand in front of your vehicle without a mask on but if you went beside it you had to wear a mask or if you were walking God. up and down yeah if you and it was outside mind you and like i think it was right in the same area where trump held his rally in 2020 in butler oh, wow. and uh yeah I, I it was it was an awesome show though over a thousand people and you know of course still panther goes up and let's just say i, I saw a lot of tits that night but it was pretty cool. yeah man they're, <laughs> they're party animals dude uh yeah. they're really cool people too they're like they're absolutely wild animals but like yeah backstage they're super down to earth they're still wild as hell but like mm. you know they'll hold the door open for you and shit which is nice <laughs> yeah, so did you get to meet anyone like from corn or a day to remember or was it just kind of like hey, yeah i've got like pictures with like brian head walsh from corn yeah. um you know Corey taylor from slipknot and stone sour right. you know I've, I've met him um uh i mean like when i was in played at warp tour like i got to meet a, a ton of like my favorite artists which was nice um I've made, you know, connections through the years, um, obviously. And, uh, I don't really like, obviously I haven't talked to them in a long time, but I probably still have some of their, their numbers somewhere. And, you know, That's if true. I wanted to try to get them to pork fest or something, I could, I'm going to try to make that happen actually. So, yeah, well, um, I, I guess that serves as a, a decent pivot as well to, uh, the, the emo caucus and your candidate yeah. of, uh, fronts. so good. Uh, <laughs> let the audience know a little bit about that. I listened to you on another podcast, talk about it, but I, I think this yeah. whole situation is kind of fascinating. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, you know, early, early on in this year it was I, I think it was april maybe it was late as june um i'm just looking at our presidential candidate nominees and i'm like dude this is oh, bad shit. like <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now uh so uh i'm like well we need to fucking recruit so i put made a status in the emo caucus uh group on facebook and i was like or i made a post can anyone in here run for president and represent the emos please and uh josh smith said he would but then like you know i messaged him a little bit and he was like ah like 
you know, he never really got back to me at one point. So I was like, okay, well maybe he forgot, maybe he got other stuff going on. Well then pork fest happened at the end of June and I met toad in real life for the first time. And that dude's like the funniest dude ever. Um, I love toad and, uh, he's like, I'll do it. I'll represent the emos. I was like, okay, cool. We're going to do this. Um, so we did, we announced it. And then shortly after Josh Smith announced that he was going to run. Um, and then, uh, I had also back before all of this, I had reached out to some better known like musicians that are libertarian leaning or call themselves libertarians. And, um, I was like, do you guys want to run for president under the libertarian party ticket? (laughs) Sounds crazy, but like, where the fuck you vote, you know, let's do it. Um, and, uh, it took a little bit, a little bit of time, but Franz got back to me and, and, uh, we started, you know, texting a little bit and I got his like, you know, platform, which I'm still, I've been horrible, horribly busy. I was just in Alabama, but I'm working on his website right now and trying to get that, up and running with his platform um but like yeah he's he was like dude i'm in and this dude's like this dude's a, like a libertarian he calls himself a libertarian you know he's got some takes that you know people obviously would disagree with um and that's fine i'm not like campaigning for people to to try i mean i would love for him to win the nomination but i'm i'm a realistic person um but uh same time like you know i think that he's got an audience that's bigger than anybody else that we have. And so why aren't we, why are we trying to scare this dude away? Why can't we like use that and amplify our message at the same time? And, and while we're doing that, um, use this as a Liberty to metal scene or emo scene mm-hmm. pipeline for people who are already anti-government in the music scene to come into the party and find the fuck you vote, find the, party that represents more of their values than most people even realize you know like i think that this is this has been like um my vision for the emo caucus since i i started it and i like people kind of saw it as like a kind of a joke at first but like no i'm fucking dead serious man like the the music scene is filled with anti-authoritarian anti-government people who don't want to be told what to do who uh you know, are, you know, pro free speech and bodily autonomy and all this stuff. They just don't know where to go. Obviously there's a lot of woke people that come with that too, but, um, you know, there's a ton of people that have nowhere to go and who are they voting for? Probably nobody, to be honest with you. Like they're probably just not voting. Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so that's, that's where I'm at. That's like, uh, my goal and my mission is to try to like have this pipeline between, the music scene and uh and the liberty movement i mean i'm not even like saying they have to be in the libertarian party and be a, a member i just want them to be libertarians lower lowercase l you know what i mean and and i'll give them the seed and someone else can water it and hopefully they turn into the only real libertarian to ever exist so <laughs> yeah i think we're all still striving for that that title there yeah but kind of come to think of it i remember um in 2020 i'm like man like, wouldn't you think that you would want as many musicians as possible to speak out about this? Because, like, this is mm-hmm. their livelihood. Yeah. Um, and I know I watched you on Swamp Creatures this morning to mm-hmm. kind of hear some of the stuff that you were talking about. And uh, I, I dig that you plugged my uh, debate with Duke and Toad on there. But um, apparently yeah. Franz had a, a lot of pressure on him. And this doesn't sound like 
something impossible or like it sounds like the usual thing in the music scene so like my buddy shooter mckevin that um has been on the show and he plays for into the flood out of our washington mm -hmm. he said that like man if you have like the wrong views in the music scene you may be like you could get fucked they will drop yeah. you in a heartbeat like like literally like we're talking about bands that make their livelihood and i mean with exactly. franz like, i'm not gonna make any excuses for like a bad take during COVID and mm -hmm. selling merch that said stupid shit. Um, I don't, I don't defend it. I wouldn't have done it for sure. But um, at the same time, like, I don't know what it's like to have three kids and uh, at the same time be a full-time touring musician that, um, that, that pays a lot of your bills. You know, I mean, you're touring nine months out of the year at the, at least, mm -hmm. um, you know, and all these venues are saying like, you can't play here and you can't make money unless you get a shot. Like, I don't know what that's like. I haven't experienced it, you know? Um, and I, I guess I give a, some leeway with that, but at the same time, like I understand where libertarians are and with some of the things that he said or actions he took, like, you know, he, he didn't exercise civil disobedience and, uh, you know, sure. Call him out on it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I Put yourself in that shoes, those shoes though. Like I'm sure a lot of us would have probably said no, but like, mm. I don't actually know that to be true. I don't know if that's true. Maybe you wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it seems like he's kind of learned from those takes ever since. Um, I know which ones you're talking about because I've seen people share the tweets and it's like, okay, yeah, he kind of deserves to have his ball balls yeah. busted a little bit, but like, I don't know. Like if you talk to him now, um, like people were on spike about the whole uh, transforming the kids stuff with uh, puberty blockers. And then he mm. came out and said, Oh no, like I'm actually against this because I got better. Not like I, I learned more about this and people just like, won't let it go. And to me, that's yeah. such bullshit. Like right. if somebody, you know, has genuinely displayed that like, Hey, I thought this now I think this, and because of this, I can give ground there. But like, you know, when people just like, yeah. you know, totally do it just out of like expediency and you can tell when people do it out of like a genuine change of belief for dude, like here's the thing is like, I get caught in this trap too. Like I've been a gatekeeper. Um, you know, like people will just pile on to somebody and bully them, try to bully them out of the movement. You know what I mean? I've been actually like a part of that. And I, I got like some of it I don't really feel great about, but like some of it I'm like, yeah, like I kept the What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Fucking loser out of the party. Sure. Like this dude wasn't even a fucking libertarian. Yeah. But same time, this dude calls himself a libertarian and he is very pro 2A. He's pro free speech. He's anti cancel culture. Um, you know, he's against transing kids. He's got like like a lot of fucking really based takes. You know, he wants to end the wars and um, all this shit. You know, you're not going to align with him 100% of the way. Like we're not going to bring in a celebrity that is 100% there. Like it's just not going to happen. And But if you want to have your message of liberty, you know, amplified on that kind of platform, you should harpoon those motherfuckers like harpoon them and 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 uh put them under your wing and you know teach them make them smarter like make them read a fucking book like <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like well that's why it's good to have somebody like you from what i understand working with him on his campaign to so that way you kind of say like you know he could run something by you and i, I kind of ran this past angela um when she was on the show last, like, Hey, maybe there's a good idea for like anti-war stuff. Maybe have like some of the guys from the libertarian Institute or anti-war.com mm. on like an advisory board. So like, before you put out a tweet or before you make like a press release, you know, run it by the guys like, Hey, is there anything we missed in here? Um, you know, is there a fact here that we have wrong or something like that? You know, and especially when you have like a presidential candidate with somebody, um, you know, message somebody that, you know, that's more knowledgeable about an issue and like, Hey, I'm not too sure about this fill me in on what I'm missing. So that way mm. I don't stick my foot in my mouth unnecessarily. Yeah. I mean, and so this is kind of like breaking news. I've never like talked about this on any kind of podcast or whatever, but um, you know, I'm, I'm coming up with uh, basically a network of musicians and um, I have people in the party that are, you know, have influence that are helping me with this and that have helped really kind of like, open the door to the music scene and stuff um, where if cancel culture were to prevail, um, we could still have our music scene and they wouldn't be shut down. So that's, I mean, you know, you can always say like, Oh, venues can decide what they want to do. But like if we have a community of, of well-known musicians that are on board to stand up against this shit and just in kind of like an alliance, you know, a can't like a countercultural alliance, basically, um to you know if, if shit hit the fan again with covid like we could still do cool shit and have shows and not right. have to worry about all this stuff that would basically make them cancel proof like if they could still do their shows and have fun um you know like in the same way that like you know there was a lot of um artists that pushed back against that stuff but there w certainly wasn't enough
You know what I mean? Like the music scene was just littered with people that just followed suit because we're talking, we're not talking like thousands of dollars. We're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even for some of these people, millions of dollars. So, um, you know, people like Ronnie Radke from falling in reverse, you know, this dude, but to be fair, Ronnie Radke is, is based as fuck. And, um, he's, uh, he's basically cancel proof at this point. So, yeah, I agree with that. It's kind of funny. Um, literally looking over to my right here, I could see it. I, I wish I could put it on screen, but uh, there is a uh, poster from a show that we were supposed to play March 28th of 2020. And mm. uh, this was after like my band released our CD February of 2020. And like mm. our our CD release show, that's um, rough. That's a rough yeah, time. <laughs> it, it was um, it was in Mr. Smalls, which is like a decent sized venue, but we were in the fun house and it was packed wall to wall. And I'm like, this is our year. We had festivals all feel the fire fest in Ohio. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Carolina rebellion. Uh, it, it wasn't like the big one, but it was a bigger one down uh, the Carolinas that we were supposed to play. And I think we had like a couple other bigger shows all lined up. I'm like, man, this is going to be so badass. And then like literally a month later, it's like, Oh no, all these shows. Oh, by are the way, all the festivals are done. Yeah. We're not doing that this year. So, or next year. Yeah. So <laughs> fucking bad. It's like, I bet. Dude, gonna be outside and i understand at first they probably should have said hey this is a later date we'll see what happens but no dude just everything got canceled like that's such fucking bullshit man yeah yeah man yeah it is bullshit and uh you know hopefully you know i've already got a pretty good squad of well-known musicians that are part of this and once i have like a a group of like this group solidified i'm just gonna i'm gonna like let mid-tier and local bands be a part of it. Like I just want as big of a, a big of a network as possible for people that are, you know, like-minded and, and want to push back against this stuff. That's like separate from the emo caucus, but, um, mm. you know, it's still very much so tied in with my mission for the emo caucus as well. So. Yeah. Well, you know what, you know, it's just as well as I do when it comes to like these smaller shows for bands that are like national acts, but they may not be like, I don't want to say like a Metallica, but like a Trivium who would sell like a stage A, which mm. is like a 6,000 person venue um, to have a network like this, where you already have like a built-in kind of audience for certain areas. So like, let's say here in Pittsburgh, one of the shows that like some of those, or some of the places that like the smaller bands would go to maybe like Mr. Smalls or like the club cafe or Gurgles. Um, yeah, dude, I've played a, I've played a venue in Pittsburgh. Uh, Are you thinking of the altar bar? Moose or something the moose the smiling moose that's it smiling yes. moose yeah yeah so like you have cool. venues like that where um you know you already have like a built-in audience with this kind of deal so like these acts who even if they're not canceled they can reach out to you know your kind of group and say like hey we're playing here and these are going to be our rules if even if there's like lockdowns or something like that again which you know let's hope to god there's not mm-hmm. um we're fucking doing it anyways. We want all you guys to show up. You know, it's good just to have a network of people that like, you know, they're going to be there to cover your ass. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, I can't imagine if I was like about to go on a tour and play all these big festivals. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really planning to do that in 2020. I, but any, every idea of possibility got sh- completely shut down that year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we were just planning to release constant music. I've still got music that's completely mixed and mastered. Uh, that's ready to release from my old band that we just never even put out because it's like, okay, this is just dead. <laughs> you know, I, I'll probably put it out at some point just for shits and gigs. But um, at the same time, you know, it's it's pretty crappy what 
what all that stuff ended up doing to the music scene. It, it just killed so many music venues too. Like just mm-hmm. shut down permanently because they couldn't pay their bills when things were shut down. Um, festivals shutting down and not happening anymore. Um, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I talked to some people about this before, but it seems like there's more and more festivals popping up because I think it's harder and harder um, for smaller bands to tour, which is like fucking killer. And I remember like the moment that this really seemed to be reality for me. I'm sure you know who like the torches, um, you know, with Howard Jones. Um, when they said like, hey, we can't really afford a tour bus, so we kind of have to drop off this tour. I'm like, oh, so this shit's serious. Like bands really don't have like the same opportunities that they used to and uh you know as much as i hate to say gene simmons was kind of right but i mean you know he, he kind of had a point when he's saying like there's not going to be another metallica another pantera or you know insert bigger band here it's going to look different but like is. yeah they're not going to be as big as they once were anymore just because i don't want to say it's like saturation but just like it's just different. i don't think it's saturation man i think like Right. Just even on, in terms of like purchasing music, it's completely yes. different. Nobody buys music anymore. That used You're to be like merch. the sole uh, way bands would survive was like you'd buy their album. Like, oh, shit, this is coming out this day. I'm going to go get their CD or right. their cassette or whatever. Um, now, like bands have to survive on touring and merch. That's mm-hmm. it. You can't survive on streaming. You're getting like a, 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 a like one ten thousandth of a penny per stream or something like that. Right. It's, it's crazy. Um, but, uh, it's just not practical either, but you know, you there's, there's ways, but dude, for, for bands like, like mine or bands like yours, like if you want to make a living, you have to invest every dime that you make right back into your project. Like you have to wait until you get to that level where like you're selling out tours to really, to really be able to make, call it a career. You know what I mean? So It sucks, but that's just the truth nowadays. Back in the day, like people were blowing up mm-hmm. when it, it, when the the, uh, the internet thing. I don't know if you remember Pure Volume. Did you ever use Pure Volume? Mm-mm. Dude, Pure Volume was like the first music website where I'd go to to just like download the newest stuff. They'd have like artists of the week. Okay, They'd give you free yeah. downloads. You know, that's where Fuck I yeah. first learned about the band Escape the Fate. Um, mm. And uh, and then like you know. They, they put out one of their songs on there and then they just fucking blew up. It's like every time they had like a, oh, and band, like one of the first songs they downloaded on there were like, they were like nobody. Uh, the Fray, How to Save a Life, before that song was even released to the public. Wow. And yeah, like that's the type of shit I'm talking about though. That, that can't happen. I mean, it could happen, I guess, but mm. we've chosen to ruin music for everybody. <laughs> yeah it, so. dude it's so sad because like some of my most cherished moments i i was i, I was listening to guar a lot lately and uh that my mm. first show was guar job for a cowboy and lamb of god so it was actually Love job that. for a cowboy guar and then lamb of god i was 15 years old i will never forget um and i'm sure you probably have this moment too um it was at um the pittsburgh post-gazette amphitheater which my wife and i were just down somewhere getting dinner where this venue used to be and it's a soccer field now but like i'll never forget seeing the stage and then like all the fences and everything and like the Mm. smells and the feeling of the ground shaking beneath you when a band's playing and then turning the corner and seeing the band playing and just like 
the feeling the very first time of just feeling like how loud it was and ever since then i was hooked and then just i'm yeah. still watching videos of uh lamb of god playing walk with me in hell of at that <laughs> show in 2009 which doesn't feel like you know 14 years ago but like i'll never forget as long as i live jesus 2009 was 14 years ago bro <laughs> yeah. God damn yeah dude i mean for me i think like my moment was you know i always listened to music Right. Uh, but you know, 2005 was my first like festival type experience. I went to sure. Warp Tour for the first time and I saw like all of my favorite bands that year. And I'm like, this is it. This is, this is, I want to do that. You know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I did everything I could to try to become my career from MXPX. And, you know, I started being like a, a singer and a bassist in my first band, little pop, little pop punk band. Uh, and then eventually it progressed into more of like an alternative, uh, you know, heavier emo ish rock band. I don't know. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, no, dude, I got you. I, um, I just love watching live videos and like people who aren't into music like you and I probably don't get it, but like, uh, a band that comes to mind was a uh, for today playing at warp tour. And I never got oh, to see that, but yeah, their oh, video of them playing devastating Montgomery, like, dude, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> They're so sick. And I just started I, I played a like festival with him in California one time. Oh my. Yeah, oh, dude. They're nice. so, they're so cool, but they're like, he ended up like, I think going off to be a preacher. I don't even know if he's still doing that, but, mm. uh, yeah, for today, man, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time very yeah, long I was, time i was listening to them a lot last year but i just i'll never forget watching that video of them playing devastator live I'm like i couldn't imagine being there and just you know right at the beginning when they started hitting the drums <laughs> and shit just like feeling that in your chest yeah. and i'm sure you played festivals too where like for me it was really weird when we played that show with still panther and i remember my drummer hitting the snare and feeling it in my <laughs> chest i'm like oh this is how it feels to be on that side yeah. like it's yeah. wild like for, for people listening like you can't imagine the feeling of like hitting a note and feeling it like you could turn your amp up pretty loud but to be on a stage and looking out to thousands of people people ask like, me all the time man like don't you get stage fright and i'm like absolutely not man like no. this is like probably <laughs> the most confident you'll ever see me is when i'm on a stage i just feel like uh I own the entire venue. <laughs> like that yeah. sounds cocky as fuck, dude. But like, I'm a lead singer. Like sure. I interact with the crowd consistently. Like it's all about, you know, um, having that, you know, genuine connection with the audience. You're there to entertain them and I'm here to provide it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you feel it, you feel it inside. You feel the people connecting with you, uh, right. you know, as you're, as you're doing this in real time too. Like, you know, they're, singing your words looking you in the eyes having a fucking good time jumping when you say to jump like it's 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 not a feeling you can really describe to people but i've never been nervous on stage i've been nervous leading up to the stage but yes. like as soon as i get there i'm just like it clicks this is my sh this is this is what i i need to do <laughs> you know I mean? yeah I, I i i know exactly what you're talking about because i remember um when we were you know playing for still panther and like i was nervous up until that point and then as soon as we started going I'm like oh no this is just like you know just like practicing and it's so weird seeing videos like people all the way in the back or something like that and they're zooming in on you and like oh, <laughs> and that's me doing that right now like it, it doesn't even feel real but then like when you're done with it you're like wow and then you're just like 
all right, what, when do we get to do this again? <laughs> right, right. No, man, it's it's the best. I'm actually starting a new project here in New Hampshire. Uh, and it's going to just be more the type of music that formed my political opinions. I'm calling it revolutionary punk rock. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that we need more music. Like, I was very hopeful that the shutdowns and the COVID stuff that happened a couple of years ago would just amplify the punk scene and yeah. uh, make it just, you know, fucking That's make anti-government music again. Sorry, uh, buddy of mine. Yeah, I'm filming some stuff for the used. Oh, that is yes. fucking awesome. I love uh, He's my buddy, guys. Kevin. He plays for uh, Into the Flood out of Washington, like I was saying earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does all sorts of video work. He also does video work for a little guy named Jared Dines, if you've heard the name. Absolutely, dude. I know Jared <laughs> Dines. So, yeah. No way. Yeah, no swear way. to God. That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, he plays, uh, <laughs> yeah I know he plays my some like, Diablo stuff with them too so uh yeah anyways you were starting um the, the band's called pine tree riot that you were starting right pine tree riot yeah mm -hmm. so like the idea behind pine tree riot is the event in history called pine tree riot and um not a lot of people know about it it happened in Ware, new hampshire um but it's basically one of the events that led up to the boston tea party and um and the revolutionary war um you know the the royals overseas they were like any tree that's bigger than 10 inches in diameter, you have to pay us a tax on. That's our tree. Um, mm. And in where they weren't paying their tax. So they sent the constable or whatever, the deputy or whatever it was over at that time to try to arrest the owner of the lumber mill. And when that happened, it just did not go over well. Like there was a huge riot that ensued. They threw the constable or deputy in prison overnight. Um, and uh they burned all of the lumber that they had <laughs> so i'm like and this happened right before the boston tea party so just like it's a it was an act of rebellion that basically told the royals like oh we have a problem here <laughs> you know what i mean so i want to uh i want to like bring that energy um to this project and uh you know let these fucking assholes in the government know they have a fucking problem <laughs> they have a fucking problem that's brewing right now uh, mm -hmm. i want to start that fire man i want to i want to get this thing going and uh make punk rock based and anti-government again uh yeah. fuck the shit that's coming out today i mean i love some of it but like same time like we need some anti-government punk rock that is what yeah. we need today, and we don't have any. So yeah, fucking make punk actually like punk again, like defiant. Uh, and it's funny because like you see these right wingers trying to make music, and I'm sorry, but like the MAGA rappers are just so cringy. And like my problem with a lot of like the the kind of outward politically music is that like you put such a shelf life on it because like when you talk about people's dates in specific times, then like I said, you put a shelf on it, and now you know, it doesn't necessarily like last the test of time because it's not like a theme. Mm. It doesn't give people something to like hold on to or like almost you'd like this kind of vagueness in it because you can let people fill it with their hopes and dreams essentially. But like, that's also very important. That's why a song like uh fortunate son, as much as I like, don't give a shit about Creedence Clearwater revival. That song right. survived the test of time because it was a theme at the time. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it continues on down the line. That's why I like rage against the machine, despite the fact that like rage for the machine. Now yeah. um, their stuff is about a theme of being defined to government. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, like I, like I said, I loved anti-flag in high school. Um, you know, bands like Flowbots, which were based out of Denver. I was like, oh, these guys are dope as fuck. Um, you know, and Rage too. You know, I listened to Rage, obviously. And then, you know, there was a year where like all three of those bands together played the Democratic National Convention. Oh, no. <laughs> like, like you can't make this shit up, man. Else <laughs> in the chat, man. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like F. F. <laughs> <laughs> uh ccr yeah. over is better than creed or uh better than emo i'm i'm not feeling it bro i'm sorry <laughs> adam choit brother you better hope that i don't ever have a emo night dj set in los angeles bro because i'm gonna like play some <laughs> ccr for you and it's gonna ruin the entire crowd's vibe nobody <laughs> will agree with that Tur- turn the lights on at the very end of it <laughs> yeah like we're i'm the song at the request of this fucker guy over here uh and it's gonna be you know fortunate son and they're gonna be like what the fuck is going on this is an emo <laughs> this is dumb i love ccr by the way I, there's so many other good songs but same time emo obviously is the superior uh musical genre <laughs> in terms of this at least so mm. okay so uh- <laughs> I guess uh, I want to run through a couple of the, uh, the the typical metal questions. I know you're a little bit sure. more into the emo stuff, but like, no, you're good. I love metal okay. too. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. So, uh, <laughs> when it comes to like Metallica versus Megadeth, who you got? I mean, Megadeth. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I like Megadeth. Um, Metallica's good, uh, but the drummer's not good. <laughs> so uh w- one thing that made me know that i married the right woman is that uh like she doesn't give a shit about metal music and i, I think i told you when we were talking before you came on the show um that we went and saw metallica in pantera and then also saw pantera like a couple weeks before we went and saw metallica and pantera out in new jersey and uh I-, I originally thought she would have been partial to metallica just because they're not quite as aggressive as pantera and we were walking out of metallica the first time i said all right I think I know your answer to this, but I'm not 100% sure. Who do you like more? She said Pantera. I'm like, nice. I, I did it right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, truthfully, like Megadeth's definitely better than Metallica. Like Metallica is more radio friendly. <laughs> I'll give that to them. Um, they definitely, definitely have the, uh, the radio appeal to them. Um, so they're going to be more commercialized but i mean like come on man like how can you not appreciate the shred of megadeth yeah <laughs> okay so like i kind of grew up on like the early 2000s metal core so like the trivium kill switch mm-hmm. engage all that remains shadows fall god forbid um what are your opinions on kind of like the is they dub it the new wave of american heavy metal the band's kind of like in that sect mm. would you say like I mean, who would you consider to be there? Like, would you consider Beartooth to be in that spot? Because they're still kind of old. Yeah. They I were mean, really so, blown up around the early 2000s. Like, I like Beartooth, but like the bands I kind of listed off there are kind of the ones that like, I initially, like the bands who were huge and really kind of hitting their stride in like 2000 to 2005. Because mm-hmm. like in 2002, you had Alive or Just Breathing from Killswitch Engage. Avenged um, Sevenfold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, them yeah. too. It was kind of crazy. A buddy of mine who I think is a couple years older than you. I would say he's like 40 now. Mm. And uh, I remember him telling me, I remember seeing Mudvayne and Avenged Sevenfold and people were sitting on the floor for Avenged Sevenfold. And like, I I watched a video of them playing uh, when they were touring on Wake and the Fallen. 
and they were so good. I'm like, man, people are sitting on the floor for this, and now like they can't wait to go see them for the shit they're playing now. Not that I like dislike the stuff now, but like Wake in the Fallen was like, in my opinion, their peak. Like that was the most raw, brutal fucking Avengers Sevenfold there was. I mean, my over to answer your question, yeah, it's all rock and roll to me, man. But like at the same <laughs> <Right>. time, <laughs> at the same time, you know, I obviously like I have my preference towards nostalgia, <laughs> so. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I thrive on nostalgia. That's that's my stuff right there. You know, like pull for my Valentine, even you know, yes, you love know, them. You know, they're so good. Um, but uh yeah, I would say like the new stuff is good, but the old stuff is definitely better. Um, and I don't know why that is. It's definitely probably because of nostalgia. Like, I can't like like give you an algorithm for what makes a good <laughs> song for this, but like their shit just sounds better. It, it it's, it's more appealing to me. I'll listen to that on Spotify all day before some of the new stuff. Same time with like the actual hardcore scene, yes. like the, um, Oh yeah. Nice. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the hardcore scene, you know, like the bands like terror, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jesus peace, uh, I just saw Jesus Peace in Terror this weekend, and yeah. oh my god, dude! Furnace Fest was fucking wild, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I've there's this like this huge shed, bro, and you're talking thousands of people packed into there on a concrete floor. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, there was like no barrier. People just jumping up on stage and jumping out there, and and uh, dude, I can't even explain the excitement I get when I'm at a hardcore show like that. Like, mm-hmm. um this is like i'll listen to this stuff to calm me down and uh you know people don't understand that but like unless <laughs> unless you've been in that situation right. and you like you enjoy the music and you go to the shows like you'll get it man like it's it's it is it's, like it's, it's so hard to describe because like people call my music angry music i'm sure you probably get the same thing but i'm like this makes me happy like i feel motivated oh yes absolutely um even stuff with mike terry those two albums that did with mike terry are phenomenal um nothing personal and then the self-titled which i think Mm. was 2007 and 2010 i want to say those two albums were fucking amazing and then obviously their first two especially the second one i forget what the second one was called but it was like mostly around like I want to say like Rapunzel stuff or something like that. It was all like poetry stuff, but it was so fucking brutal. <laughs> well, I, so um, on fr- the Friday, I got mm-hmm. to catch some of Hatebreed. Hatebreed was fucking fantastic Fuck too. Yeah. Um, and uh, but dude, oh, one of my favorite parts of the entire weekend, um, I I went to mostly see Showbread and MXPX, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Norma Jean, bro. Beauty I mean, and the Breakdown. I okay, so I'm I'm not that familiar with Norma Jean, but they're really good. But Beauty and the Breakdown is the album I was thinking about. Sorry about that. Yeah, so Norma Jean, dude, like absolutely the craziest fucking set I have seen at this entire festival. They were so good, and then um, the singer came out, and I went to like the after party, which was they did an emo night in oh, in Birmingham, hey. Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, Corey, who's the singer for for norma jean he comes out and dude he starts playing uh counting worms by knocked loose which i don't know if you know that song fucking brutal dude it is just brutal you have like the entire like all these like fucking like 
little girls singing Paramore. Then all of a sudden, all the fucking 35, 40 year old dudes come out there. <laughs> and we're just fucking wrecking people, right? I have this all on video. Uh, and uh, <laughs> on my video, I caught like, there's this chick that was like dancing. She tried to go into the middle of like a, a mosh pit. This was not a fucking mosh pit. This was like absolute demolition. And uh, she's like trying to dance her way through a mosh pit. This dude just fucking wrecks her, dude. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's rough. But uh, I'm glad I caught it on video because I've been watching it on repeat. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> I remember watching um, videos of Machine Head. And oh, yeah. I want to say it was when they were playing one of the big European festivals and they were doing a wall of death. And this this girl was standing in the middle just with her middle fingers up and then just gone <laughs> as soon as they fucking let it rip. Kevin... <laughs> had a point in the chat which says yeah. same with the chariot the chariot is like one of my top favorite bands of all time when it comes to this scene they are so good dude mm. if you've never seen a live chariot show or like watched it a video of them on youtube mm. like you're missing like there's videos of them like playing on roofs and shit like they're so they're good. good yeah so it kind of makes me upset i never saw dillinger escape plan which i'm sure you're oh, familiar okay. with them too but yeah they yeah, like yeah. their singer greg used to like climb on shit and he you know there's all sorts of pictures of him his face is all bloody and shit um man i you know i like know these bands but i have not given them like a good chance it's not that i don't like them i just never sat down and took the time to listen to them so i, I think all I got hail the there. almighty norma jean man that's all i yes. have to say those guys are so <laughs> fucking good uh but when you see their shows it does change everything absolutely mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I felt about Gore. Like I tell people about Gore, mm. and they're like, uh, you know, I don't know how, how to feel about <laughs> their music, but like they're so good. And then going to see them live, you know, the, the thing is, you know, you wear a white shirt, and then by the time you leave, it's like all these different colors. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I remember hearing yeah. about them when I was a kid, and then just I think I've seen them five or six times now. Even uh, I want to say once with their new singer, but like their old singer was so much better. Okay, Kevin is based as fuck he just dropped <laughs> let live in here and i was literally just going to talk about jason butler who's like my favorite front man of all time do you know who let live is no i can't dude, literally the most fire. insane lead singer of all time we're talking this dude's running around he'll like flip himself upside down and into fences he climbs on shit like mm -hmm. he'll like beat his head against stuff like he's yeah. like dude absolute insane entertainer mm -hmm. um but he started a new project called fever 333 oh i know uh, who they are yeah yeah so like fever 333 uh is definitely like newer like honestly their newest songs that we just released were not that great but like when they came out kicking they're good like they're anti-cop um good it's it's good shit fever 333 is dope as fuck their first show <laughs> ever oh dude Dude, yeah, dude hopped an eight foot fence during the show, grabbed a flower, handed it to a girl, and got back out on stage. I love that. That's mm -hmm. typical for them, probably. Um, but yeah, he their first show was at like a donut shop. They rolled up in like a U-Haul truck, opened uh -huh. up the door, <laughs> and the drummer and their amps were just sitting there and they just played for like 25, 30 people. And I mean, you know, it was it was crazy. It had like members from oh man, what was it? Actually. I think the chariot, the mm. chariot. Um, and then J obviously Jason was from let live and I can't remember where their guitarist was from, but yeah, good, good little power group for sure. Check out fever three, three, three. Fuck. Yeah. Well, 
you know, I think I got a ton more bands to listen to now. I was uh, I was about to start a project where we're gonna use like seven strings and shit. So I was listening to a lot of like a uh, Fit for a King, uh, mm. The Ghost Inside. I've been Do you like Silent them. Planet? Who? Silent Planet. I've heard of them, but I've never really listened to them. Dude, either. they just released this song Antimatter, and it is fucking just like, mm. <sighs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I I get the feeling, if I remember correctly, the yes. Chariot is like a Christian metal band. Chariot guitar. Okay, they were, wow. yeah, yeah. They okay. and actually their singer started a project called Sixty Eight. Good mm, luck okay. finding. I mean, you'll find their music, but like yeah. uh, Sixty Eight, they're 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 fucking wild too. They're a two piece, but they're crazy. They're crazy. Gotcha. Live. Um, the one band that kind of always my favorite, like Christian metal band, if you will, was always a uh, war of ages and they just oh, yeah. had a new album. I think, I, I think their new album just came out like within the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, they were always like a drop C kind of band. So the shit wasn't like too deep and like chuggy, but like, I don't know, like a lot of bands are going over like seven strings and drop tunings. And uh, on one hand, I'm kind of like, ah, the gent root is kind of like, eh, but like they do it well. And I absolutely love their last two records and they're like their four song EP that they put out. The they just did a fantastic. tour with like, kingdom of giants and then my friends are in the band earth groans um mm -hmm. and those guys are pretty cool too but war of ages is dope dude they're yeah, still out there rocking there's they're still touring so yes um yeah good stuff um do you know the band one five six silence no okay all right well they're like a hardcore band from around this area and i'm friends with the uh, i like grew up with the bass player uh, this is where the right wing will always have a blind spot, but the underground determines the mainstream culture and fashion a few years later. I think that's yeah. definitely true in the music scene. And that's why I think what Ben is doing is very, very notable and awesome because I think we totally should have like a huge scene because I think there's just like a whole untapped audience for Liberty that mm -hmm. we just haven't reached yet. Yeah, man. I mean, and it's not like any flavor of Liberty, like, like, these people just are sick of the system in general. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, like, these are my people. These are the people I, I understand and relate to more than probably anybody. Um, and they're definitely not going to listen to politicians. So why can't it just be other musicians out there talking to them at shows? So Absolutely. I've been going out to these shows. I've hand out business cards and flyers, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I just kind of hang out and make some connections with people. Um there hasn't really been a show lately where I haven't hung out for at least like a couple hours afterwards outside, not only sobering up, but also just like talking to people about like liberty and anarchy, um, you know, and, and that anarchism doesn't mean Antifa. Right. <laughs> it means, you know, like just freedom from government and uh, from government oppression. And, uh, you know, people want that. People want to be able to go homestead and not have to be restricted in doing so. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a huge market here and I'm not like trying to, um, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to like, you know, get too crazy with this, but I, I, cause I only have so much time. Right. But at the same time, I almost like think this is my thing, bro. Like, I think I just got to run with this and just, uh, keep, keep, keep it going. Cause it's, it's so motivating to just go out and talk to people. And like, I was at like a, actually is an, at an emo night in Manchester, New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And after the, sh after the show, I just went out and chilled for like two, two, almost three hours outside the show, just talking to random people. They saw my vest. I have like a, a, a patch vest. That's like anarchist mm -hmm. and live free or die and all this shit. Yeah. And they're talking to me about, you know, 
anarchism and like a lot of these like people came up to me and like they said like oh i'm an ancap yeah. i'm like oh dude well do i got some fucking news for you bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know um and then you know a couple of people that were like in comms and i was like they're like oh well don't tell me you're an ancap and i'm like well can we have that conversation once we get past minarchy or at least two minarchy then we can talk about our pipe dreams okay because this shit's <laughs> never gonna happen um yeah. it's not possible <laughs> but mm -hmm. like we can we can all dream right but um minarchy is not gonna happen so like let's be real here um it, you know talking to people even in that side of things and just like letting them understand that you know um you shouldn't be making enemies with people who hate the government we right. all are against the government and the only way that you can actually make a difference against that kind of uh, superpower is if everyone's working together for it. This is what I hate about the Libertarian Party, to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, like we all hate the government probably almost equally as much. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, but yet we're all just fighting over uh, stupid like uh, little, you know, critiques of how we're going to get there. And I'm like, can we just like get along for a little bit, man? Like, <laughs> I don't think it's too much to ask for. Yeah, so. dude, I completely agree. Um, so I, I think that's probably a good place to cap it off, man. I enjoyed the fuck out of this conversation, so we'll definitely have to do another one. Um, go ahead, give your plugs where everybody can support you, the emo caucus and everything like that, because I think sure. what you're doing is absolutely fantastic work. Thanks. So the emo caucus has a group on Facebook. Just look up the Libertarian Party emo caucus. Um, we do have a Twitter, too. Just don't really use it that often. Um my Twitter is the emo and cap. That's probably the best place to find me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm actually planning to go out and do some emo night DJ sets at LP conventions across the country next year. Um, and, uh, yeah, have a good time with that. Live free or cry, baby. That's how you do it. <laughs> beautiful dude yeah well i really appreciate your time and yeah dude if you have anything else we'll uh, close her out and i'll see you on the other side brother yes sir thank you awesome thank you everybody so much for tuning in hit all the links below and uh, until next time take care guys when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.